Maybe. Yes, sir! What is up, everybody? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the You're Still Out podcast, part of the Sports Prose Network, where we are always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. Scotty G here, and I will be your host today as we continue our talks with the Big 12 men's golf coaches. Today's going to be a fun one as we bring in Coach Sands from Texas Tech University. But before we bring in Coach, we always got to talk about our great sponsor, that is Chalk Family Sports Bar. We are getting so close to the big game, a lot of football still on, men's college basketball, all types of sports, PGA tournaments have started back up, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there is always golf on at Chalk, get out there, enjoy some games, enjoy some food, and enjoy some beer, Chalk family, sports bar, sports service, and smiles. Okay, let's get right to this, we're going to bring in Coach Sands, head men's basketball, or men's golf coach basketball yeah absolutely (laughs) uh for the texas tech red raiders coach welcome to the show before we get to the 2023 spring season give the listeners a little bit about yourself who you are where you played and uh how long you've been at texas tech sure um thanks for having me on um yeah i grew up in east texas small town town of about fourteen thousand, jacksonville texas most people know where Tyler is. If you're from Texas, if not, it's about 120 miles southeast of Dallas. Small town. We had one golf course. I didn't know anything about golf. Grew up playing just the normal sports, but we ended up moving closer to a golf course and just happened to uh, just have an interest in, in what was going on out there and end up had a friend in the neighborhood that was pretty good. And And next thing you know, like we probably all have hit, had that golf bug hit us and, and I was off to the races and, you know, really tried to figure out how can I make money to pay for my junior tournaments and still play. So I, I, my dad helped me start a lawn business that I had in town that probably had about 20, eh, maybe not 20, but 10 to 15 yards that I did started with like, you know, just relatives. My, my grandma lived in town, had some friends in the neighborhood and, and, uh, used that to, to pay for my tournaments. And, um, we had a sweet old man that, 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 uh, taught golf at, at, at our club that, was probably in his eighties that, that, uh, just wanted to start a junior program. And, and, um, Mr. Tolan was his name and he would, he would have us out. We'd hit balls and he would have a couple of drills for us. And he'd actually bring in a roll of nickels and, and we'd throw some tires out on our driving range. If we hit the, if we hit the tires, we would, we would uh, get a nickel. So we were actually getting wow. paid to, to play. So that was the old school <laughs> NIL right there. But, um, that was great. We had a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of kids in the community that, that would come out and uh, we ended up having a pretty good golf team. We were, we were four a classification. Uh, we always got beat by Highland park in the, uh, in the state tournament because they had some great players over the years. Um, the Keeney brothers were kind of in my era and, uh, and much more so, but uh, yeah, that's how I got started. I uh, ended up going to uh, walk on at TCU. I really probably should have stayed at home and played with my, my, one of my best friends, dad is Sandy Terry. He's a hall of famer coached at uh, junior college there, Lawn Morris junior college. He's now at Tyler junior college. Um, could have gone there, could have gone to some smaller schools, but at the end of the day, I, I decided to go to TCU and, and, and ended up walking on for bill. We had a team of about 18 guys when you didn't have the, the roster size limits and, 
and uh, scraped and clawed my way into playing a little bit toward the end of my career. We had a really good team with J.J. Henry, so I didn't play much, um, but I did play a few tournaments um, my last few years and um, knew I wanted to coach really all along just by the people that impacted my life. Um, so was always looking to try to find a way to to uh, figure out how to get into coaching because there was really no way to get in. So um, I, I did several things. I actually – would volunteer. I loved basketball. Basketball was my first love. I, I um, played on our high school team. I had a great team. Um, actually uh, had two two people in particular uh, as basketball coaches growing up that really taught taught me a lot about discipline and doing the right things and and um, and so I just knew how much they meant to me. One of one of them, Tim Eden, was in my wedding. He was uh, my my uh, junior varsity coach and and also my uh, youth pastor at our church. And so I got to see him live life, got to, got to see how he raised his kids, got to see the things he taught me. And I just thought, man, if I could ever do this for a living, I'd, I would uh, love it. So the fact that I was a little bit better in golf and was so dedicated to that sport, you know, I couldn't, I could shoot, but I couldn't jump and I couldn't, uh, I couldn't guard anybody have slow feet. So it was pretty easy decision that that's where I would be is uh, or my path and and um was assistant pro at, at woodhaven country club i begged coach montague says there anything i can do to help you out as a volunteer assistant they didn't have money at that point um and so i was doing that i actually coached basketball at the y and um actually uh volunteered but with um billy tubbs was our basketball coach right. at tc which oh you guy and and uh just Cole walked into his office one day and, and talked to uh, kind of the lowest assistant. Um, and uh, he said, yeah, we'll, we'll find something for you to do. And um, so I, I would, I had a purple Sharpie and I would uh, write envelopes and to, to recruits back yeah. then, you know, there was no social media. And so I'd have a big stack, take it home and, and, and uh, just address envelopes that they would send out the recruiting stuff. So I knew I wanted a coach just looking for, uh, you know, a way to get in and all that stuff being an assistant pro at a club, helping Coach Montague out. Uh, he actually helped me um, almost become a grad assistant right when I was applying for to be a grad assistant is when the TCU – or excuse me, the Texas Tech assistant job opened up and uh, applied for it, interviewed for it, thought there was no chance I'd get the job because I had no experience. But Jeff Mitchell was here at Texas Tech, and he um, saw something in me, and uh, he actually recruited my little sister who played golf. We played a lot of golf together. And, um, since he recruited her, he kind of knew about the family and that really helped. And he gave me, gave me a chance. So, I, um, 1999, August 99 came, came to uh, Lubbock, Texas, never really been outside of anything West of I 35 for too long and, um, came out of here and, and lo and behold, you know, 20 some odd years later, I'm, I'm, uh, the head coach and, and, uh, can't believe, can't believe the journey. That's an incredible story right there with the climb and all that stuff. And that's really what it takes. Once you got your foot in that little door crack, sure. I mean, the climb is all about how hard you want to work it and get everything like that. So that's a great story. Coach, I was going through the uh, the bios of the rosters of the Texas Tech website. I got to ask you, how much momentum and confidence do the players get from Coach Wentz's mustache there? Yeah. He is your assistant coach. Uh, that's a great biopic. You got You got to yeah. give me. Got to give the mustache a little bit of love here. Well, it's even better right now. I wish I could uh, invite him in here so he could see it. But <laughs> um, you know, 
since it's kind of in vogue, I, I challenge him to throw it out a little bit and, and, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty special. I'm, I'm kind of jealous to be honest, but he's, uh, he's been rocking the stash and I don't know what he has planned, but, um, it's, uh, still in full effect. And, and, uh, I think, I think it takes people back a little bit when I love, I love going to meet new people <laughs> and seeing how long they stare at a stash before they, before they open up. So. It's so good. It's so good. And, you know, you talked about it at how you, you know, coach took a chance on you. Um, coach went and played for you. And how great is it to have an assistant coach who you coached so, you know, he knows how you how to be treated, you know, how you treat your players. He can be kind of the, your extension of your right arm, a voice that you need, you know, in the on the course and in the locker room. Just how important is that to you that you have a guy that you've coached um, and everything like that? And it, obviously you saw something in him not only as a player but now as an assistant coach. Yeah, you know, Nathan um... – came to us. He was actually an East Texas kid too, um, even though he grew up in West Texas early in his life, but good player. Um, all the kids, you know, growing up in junior golf, everybody loved Nathan growing up. You know, he played with Jordan Spieth and Will Zalatoris, and, you know, he can still pick up the phone and, and, and you know, call on those guys if he needs something. But, uh, you know, he, he was a, a kid that, that uh, you know, kind of kind of lost it in college a little bit. Um, and so he ended up deciding to transfer. He loved Texas Tech, but he just said, you know, I need to play. I need a new start and ended up going to Stephen F. Austin, but but contacted me after he finished and we stayed in touch. And he kind of forged his own way. You know, I had a few assistant jobs open up and he and he tried to convince me at those moments that that he was ready for the job. And to be honest, I passed up on him and and told him, I said, but keep 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 going, you know, keep go go do, you know, go do more and he had the opportunity to, to uh, jump into the Indian Hills program, junior college program, and they had a good program going already, but he, he uh, sustained that and won a national championship there and then and then came down to ULM and was uh, assistant coach for Coach Baldwin there. And so we kept in touch. And, and uh, when COVID hit, he, he uh, you know, called me. At that, at that point, I didn't have an assistant. Um, didn't know if I was going to be able to hire one. You know, it was just such an unknown, unknown time. Mikel – um, Bjork and Dreesen went to, uh, Baylor. That's where he played. And, and, uh, and so I, he said, Hey, I'll come work for free. He goes, I, I want, I want the job. I've always wanted the job. I love Texas tech. And that was something that I really showed me like, Hey, he, 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 uh, he wants the job. And, and, uh, so took him up on it and he worked for free for a while. We obviously got through that and I was able to hire him full time. And, um, you know, he's great with the guys. He's kind of got a six, instinct if you will you know really um he, he can he's got an intuition where he really can pick up on what kids need you know when 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 they haven't even really said anything and so that's really big in golf if you can pick up on some small things maybe maybe a kid needs a you know pat on the back or maybe the kid needs you know something here or there technical he's not a very outspoken guy but he can come to me and say hey you know he really has a good pulse on the clubhouse and the guys know he really cares deeply about him and those things what are what make make him a great coach and he's really good he's a good player and he 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 knows talent too when he sees it right and that is listening to your guys's two stories right there how you got in there got your foot in the door and everything that he wanted to just you know i don't need money i don't need anything i just want to come be a part of texas tech that is great to hear just you know things like that so the coaching staff there sounds like it is very passionate and cares about the players and uh, very happy to be where their feet are 
type of thing. Sure. So you guys are doing a phenomenal job there. Uh, Thank you. Coach, let's get right to it. Um, bef- well, right before we get to the spring, take us through how the fall went. I mean, I've got yeah. all the stats here, but I'm going to let you kind of talk about it. Um, seemed like it was a really good fall, obviously ending with the team championship in the Big 12 uh, match play down in Houston. But uh, take us through what you thought, the, how the fall went. Yeah, of course the highlight was winning the Big 12 was match play. It was uh, It's always a fun event when you get to play match play. It brings a more team spirit to the uh, tournament. Um, so I love those moments that we get to play some match play. Um, but, yeah, backing up to our start, you know, we played the – Frederica Cup, which was an extension of the Carmel Cup, we played at Pebble. So we we took those same teams. The we knew the opportunity to play Pebble. I think we we played it ten years, and it evolved a little bit into eight teams. That's another story. <laughs> Don't want to chase a rabbit trail there, but we took those eight teams and decided, hey, where can we go play? We really got to know each other. We brought our uh, our wife. We bring our wives to that event. So. The coaching staffs from from those schools, we had four Big 12, four SEC teams. We all just said, hey, we got to keep this thing going. And so we we ended uh, landed in, in Frederica. They were great. The golf course uh, was obviously a, a great golf course. And, you know, the kids did tear it up. And and uh, we, we were playing six count five, so the scores obviously looked a little lower than they were. But we probably didn't play our best golf early in that event, but uh, had some new, new faces in there that, that did some nice things. But um, but nonetheless, in that field to, 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 to play good enough to squeak into third was, was obviously not, not bad at all. When you got Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, Vanderbilt and, and the likes, Georgia. So ended up playing some good golf after a little bit of a shaky start and, and then moved on to, uh, Inverness, I believe if I'm getting the order right. And, yep. and, you uh, we'd actually won that in 2019, um, when they, uh, first had the event, but they, yeah, they do it every other year Okay, and uh, came back to that event. So we knew a little bit about how to play the golf course, had some experience. Ludwig played there as a freshman and we had a few guys that had seen the golf course and that helped us out. Uh, it was a really difficult conditions. Um, we had a West wind, which out there was a lot of crosswinds. So you're really hard to hit fairways. So you're playing a lot from the rough, which meant, you know, you're, you're maybe not hitting as many greens as you, you want to hit. And obviously major championship golf course, but our guys just really grinded that one out. You know, we, we uh, probably didn't have, you know, the, and that's probably golf, you know, I'm making it sound more simplistic than it is, but you know, we, we just kind of hung in there and, and stayed the course. Oklahoma was awfully good, but down the stretch, we were able to kind of nip them there at the end and, and um, uh, really, really enjoyed just playing that golf course and, and being tested like that. Um, what was third? Let's see. Uh, you went to Ben get... Hogan. The ben, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Okay, I gotta miss that one. Yeah, Colonial was a, obviously probably the best field of the year. So we knew that you knew we knew that uh, we were gonna have to play some of our, our best golf. And uh, luckily, again, we played that golf course um, during COVID. That was one of the only places that we got to go uh, in the COVID year and had some experience there. And um. Yeah, we, we, we played some really good golf. We had a, a Matthew Comages. It was his first term as a true freshman. He's from Plano and, and a state champion there. And, you know, really, I, I laugh. He started out his college career having to play. He started on hole four, which I don't know if you guys know the horrible horseshoe at, at Colonial, but three, four, and five are, are no joke. And, yeah, they're tough. And lo and behold, we're playing a shotgun, and he gets to tee it up first hole. Uh, he's probably 50 degrees and 220-yard par three, a little bit in the breeze and, and, uh, 
he's got he's got lumber into it. So I say, hey, you're never going to forget this, pal. You got lumber into your first <laughs> golf hole. And anyway, he ended up not playing very good the first round. I ended up walking with him, and he really had. He went bogey free for his next 36, and that really was kind of the catalyst for for our top end, the guys like Ludwig and and uh, Callum to. Uh, they, they, they obviously carried us quite a bit this fall, but having a kid like that do something that really, really helped us move up in a field where you got to have more than two guys playing good. Cause I mean, right. it was a stacked field. Um, we kind of parlayed that into the uh, big 12 match play. And you know, that, that thing's tough because you're always playing guys that, that uh, just great, great teams in the big 12. And uh, I think we have K state. Um, they had a, I mean, I told the guys, I think, you know, don't underestimate these guys. I think I don't think they have a loss to their name. Yeah. They'd won two events, and and I uh, said, you know, they're going to get the opportunity that time we were number one in the country. So we kind of squeaked and squeaked in a, a tie there. They were very motivated and and got got in the groove, and some guys uh, really started playing some good match play. And and uh, you know, it was a great day. The last day we beat Oklahoma and Texas, and you really can't. You know, at least at our place, those are two places you always kind of measure yourself on how you're doing in any sport that we play. So um, to do that, I think we ended up actually tying uh, 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 Texas okay. that, that day. But, but because of the pool play, we had enough points to go to the final and and then had Oklahoma. And, and uh, you know, just those, those margins are so small. And the match play, getting to – three and a half points is very difficult. Just like in the, in the national championship, getting to three points is very difficult, but um, played good enough, hold enough pots and had some things happen down the stretch, the breaks you need. And we're lucky, lucky enough to win that match and, and win it all. Absolutely. I mean, congratulations on that. It was a, Thank that was you. a great, and we, we followed it here. It was a fun, fun way to watch the end of the fall happen. And uh, well, coaches, we get as team champions. Now we head to the, 2023 spring season schedule looks like a fun one Um, with an experienced group. This should be a fun ride for you guys as well. Take us through how you put the spring schedule together for this year. Well, we knew we were going to be pretty good. We we made the match play. We were returning everybody for this year. We made the match play last year. I say we're returning everybody. We lost Andy Lopez, who was on that team and Kyle Hogan, who played a lot of good golf for us, but the nucleus of, of what we were doing we felt like was intact and we had some depth coming in that we felt like was quality. So we really just decided, Hey, let's just play the, the play, the play the best terms we can play um, with PGA tour university. We, we want to keep that in mind. We want, we wanted those kids every opportunity to earn the points that they could earn to, to do that. So, you know, you can't get in maybe the best events every time, but, but we had a great lineup from the years past and we decided, Hey, let's just, just play the hardest, hardest spring we can play. So, you know, got in the Calusa cup, which is a new event for us. Um, you know, we played in the Floridian for the first time last year, kept that event. We felt like that golf course was a great, great test for us. And then, you know, we wanted to keep all the desert golf that we could because of playing Greyhawk. So I think the prestige and that Greg Norman PGA West course is about as similar as you can find out there to Greyhawk. So, We've had success there. Ludwig's won. Um, the team hasn't won, but we've played decent out there and and uh, have a couple of donors that we enjoy engaging when we get out there. So, you know, that's how it came together. Um, you know, uh, I'm sure in some years past where we're not as strong, we've, we've got to keep in mind the 500 rule, but we just went forward and, and hopefully we can keep doing that and, and uh, just playing the best events we can every year. Right, right. One that, that I have highlighted on there is the Cabo Collegiate and just – 
the field and everything just looked like is a great event. Um, looks to me that one of the guys might have the high, you know, maybe the guys have it highlighted just because they get to go down to Cabo. But uh, how great is that tournament? Yeah, we we're so fortunate. You know, BA does a great job, and I'm remiss that I didn't remember that as I just kind of highlighting the the spring because it really is the best field. You know, that one in Colonial probably at least one and two, if not, you know, both in the top five of strength of schedule. And, um, you know, last year was our first year to go play in that event. So we hadn't had any experience, but we're, we really had a good event that, that uh, week and, uh, had some things go our way. And, um, you know, I think Cole, I don't know if it was Cole Sherwood. I think it was, he shot 60 the last day on us. And, uh, believe it or not, we had that happen twice. We, we had the, uh, we had the Kona event kind of wrapped up in our minds, a few holes to go. I think we had a pretty good lead, and Eugenio Takara from Oklahoma State ends up shooting 60 or 61, 10 under, I think, and they end up clipping us by a shot or two. And so that stung, and then we go to Cabo and kind of felt like the last day we had it really going. We, we I think we had an amazing round going, and kind of all of a sudden we're going to shock everybody and come back from – nowhere and, and and i think cole ended up just making birdie after birdie after birdie and shoots i think he shot 10 under two to clip us by a couple so you know you all you gotta do is tip your hat at that and finish in second and those two events are certainly really good but um have a little unfinished business we're going back to the same events and hopefully we can keep you know we, we made some mistakes too so even though those guys shot 10 under we down the stretch certainly in hawaii we made a few mistakes that left the door open for oklahoma state and and then at, at, at Cabo, we didn't really make any mistakes. Vanderbilt, you just tip your hat, and they played a, a heck of a round there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Coach, we kind of backpedaling here. Sure. We talked about how great, you know, the match play and all the teams that are in the Big 12. What to you, why do you think the Big 12 men's golf year in and year out is so great? Well, I think it's quite simply competition. I mean, the, I mean, if you, you know, we've never won the stroke play event and we've had a pretty good program. And, um, and that just tells you, you know, that it's pushed me to go recruit harder. It's pushed me to find ways to develop kids more because we got to go face Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, Texas, TCU, Baylor. I mean, you name it. Um, and, uh, and so those teams, and I'm sure I'm, I'm even K state, you know, they got a great team this year. So I'm Kansas too. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of great programs. And so it just pushes you a coach. It pushes you as a student athlete to the bar is raised. So you, I mean, you just, you got to go find the small things to get better. And, and uh, I think that's the biggest thing. I, I do think it helps that we play great golf courses, at our championship. We're playing 72 hole event uh, at Whispering Pines at Prairie Dunes, Southern Hills. Uh, I think one year uh, we went out to West Virginia and played the, the Greenbrier. So that helps too, but I think that's just nominal. I think the biggest thing is when you got to, you know, let's face it. I think Oklahoma state's been the gold standard for, for, for a long time. And uh, when you go year in year out and you get your head caved in by those guys, you got to <laughs> figure out how to get better. That's right. And, um, and so I think that pushes your program in ways, even, even facilities too. You got to find a way to keep up with those guys. And, and so competition breeds competition. And I think that's, that's probably the answer. Yeah, that's a good, great, great answer. And let's let's talk about that for a second. Once you know you're out there trying to find those small things, tell the listeners a little bit about the Texas Tech golf facilities and everything that you guys have there in Lubbock. 
you know, really fortunate. You know, sometimes I just feel like uh, blessed or lucky, whatever it is. But when I got here, we really didn't have a place to practice. We were playing at a public course. Meadowbrook was kind of mainly our facility, had a side of that driving range, if you will, that we had access to. And um, Hillcrest Country Club, Lubbock Country Club would allow us to come out. But really, it wasn't a great place to have access. And and so Jerry Rawls, um, who's uh, been, been an incredible donor to, to uh, our whole university, you know, he was a big golfer and, and wanted to build a golf course. Uh, his goal was to build it for uh, golf teams, of course, but he wanted something the students and faculty can enjoy. And, you know, he donated, I think, $13.1 million, got Tom Doak to come in and build a golf course. And we really put all that money into the golf course. We, we did like Oklahoma State. We opened up a, a temporary clubhouse and decided we'll raise the money for that later. Let's just put it all into the golf course. But, you know, Jeff Mitchell had that teed up for me. I didn't really do a ton of work there. Maybe I helped it get across the finish line. But the, the hard work of getting that, you know, moving that down the field, so to speak, was done. And I was just fortunate enough to, when he left to go take the Stanford job, I, I, uh, we had it pretty close. And uh, one thing we have here in Lubbock that a lot of people don't have, we have space. We have space to, <laughs> to, to move. And, and um, so we had something close to campus, probably our greatest asset. I mean, if you don't hit any red light from dorm to, to golf course, you're here in five minutes. And um, so we have a great place. It challenges you a lot of different ways. It's a Tom Doak golf course, so it's dramatic on the greens. You got to chip and putt it well. Got to play obviously in some conditions. I think we had the greatest training ground in the world. I mean, um, yesterday it was blew five miles an hour. The day before that, it blew about thirty. And um, you know, one day was a little bit warm, and one day you know it was or yesterday it was pretty nice because there's no wind. But by the end of it, you were you you know a little bit chilly. So you know, if we embrace that and and um, and and allow that to get us better and sharpen us, then you know, gets us, gets us to the point where we have a chance to compete against the best programs in the country. And, and so the Rawls is great. We have a great short game facility. Our locker room backs up right to it. We can walk out of our locker room and take a shag bag and literally open the door. And you have a, have an area where you can hit a lot of different shots from 150 and in really about 180 and in. And it's kind of your little playground to get better. And those guys that, that want to can, can spend as much time as they want to out there. And, um, and same thing with our driving range. We just put a million dollars into our team driving range. It's connected to the the public side, but we we've enhanced that area and 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 uh, had King Collins. They were in town building another golf course, Red Feather, which is going to be a great asset for us as well. But um, they came came in. We piggybacked off the fact that they were in town, saved a little bit of money, um, and and brought them over to to re reshape our our driving range. It really needed a facelift. We couldn't really see the golf balls landing the way it was designed. So put about a million dollars into that, that project. And now we have, you know, really everything we need to get better here. I love it. I love it. Coach, as you put your fingerprint on this men's golf program at Texas tech, tell the listeners what makes Texas tech just so special. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I listened to grants, um, podcast uh, that you guys did and it's similar to k-state story in that we're kind of a bunch of underdogs here in that you know people people um think that we're in the middle of nowhere that that maybe we can't do some things and so i think that mentality brings our community together and so i think you, you know you guys have seen what happens in sports like basketball when we were in the national championship game i think 
2019 and and uh, took took uh, overtime to to lose that game but but the atmosphere that it built in this community is it's pretty easy to get the community behind what you're doing because it's the only sport in town people are very passionate about our sports here just like several places but it's it's just unique because uh you know to go to be in west texas we have a lot of agriculture people here you know that pull up their bootstraps and work hard and and do things the right way. And so that really creates a feeling of home, whether you're from Sweden and you come here, you feel it, feel like you're at home because people care about you and treat you right. And, you know, if you're, if you're driving down the road and you have a flat tire, you won't have to wait long for someone to pull over and, and help you fix it. And so I think that mentality draws people here and there's not many people, if any, in my 20 years that have left here going, I I don't like this place. They love it. You know, they want to come back, they stay, um, or they come back for games and, and, uh, even a guy like Pat Mahomes, you know, he's a very passionate red Raider. And so I think that's what makes Texas tech great is, is just the mentality of the, of the fan base and the mentality of the, of the student athletes that want to embrace that. That's great. That's great. Let's, let's, let's get, let's talk a little Sweden here. Yeah, coach, sure. Coach, you obviously know that you have one of the best golfers in the country on your roster in Ludwig Edberg. Uh, yeah. take a, talk us about how important he is to Texas tech and how he has helped others on your roster and just how excited you are to see him play in the 23 season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it wouldn't have happened without other guys deciding to come here. You know, we got a, a Swedish player, Oscar Florin, who was the first Swedish player to come over here in the uh, early two thousands. And, um, you know, because he came here and became a first-team All-American, it opened the door to see that that you can do that. That's a good place to go. The coaches in Sweden believe in what we're doing here and, and trust us. And, you know, we've had success stories, but we've also had guys that have come over from Sweden and, and, and been injured or hadn't done well. And But even those guys, we've treated them right. And so because of those guys, we, we, we were able to land a guy like Ludwig. And, and Ludwig is a really, you know – you hope it's not a once in a lifetime kid, but, but it really feels like in so many ways, not necessarily for mobility. We'll, we'll have some good players like him again, but just what all he brings to the clubhouse and, and how he approaches his day-to-day business. So to your point, yeah, he really affects everybody, including myself, you know, on a day-to-day basis because of how he does things. Um, he's just, uh, he, he loves failure. When failure arrives, he, he, he loves that. He, he loves to see where he's got holes in his game and uh, he wants to go work on those things when they show up. Um, you know, he's not afraid to, to help a kid along. He's not a very outspoken guy, but, he, he you know, his actions speak louder than his words. And, um, you know, really, there's so many things. I walked down the hallway yesterday, and, and I think our women's coach said, hey, we got some Titleist golf balls from, you know, what are we going to do with these things? And there were some range balls, and I said, well, you're going to thank Ludwig because that's probably why they're here, you know. <laughs> but, uh you know, there's small things like that, that, that even like the club manufacturer, they want to be around our program because he's such a dynamic player. And, and um, so he's done a lot for our program. And even in the smallest ways, like I mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be seeing him probably on the PGA tour soon. And with that coach, is there anybody out there? Give the, give the listeners who the maybe current red Raiders are on a cord ferry or PGA tour that uh, yeah. have come through the program here recently. Yeah, uh, uh, Mito is probably the the biggest uh, you know um, star that we have, if you will, or maybe the only guy that's playing on the. He is the only guy on the PGA Tour, um, and 
you know, Mito didn't stay long. He's here for a couple of years, but he, uh, you know, was almost won the major there at Southern Hills. We were there for it. We were rooting him on. And uh, that goes back to our fans. That was the first time. I don't know if anybody picked up on it, but we had a lot of Red Raiders there, and they were being pretty obnoxious as he was out there. And and, uh, so it's kind of cool to see because I'd never experienced something like that. But he's doing well. I was a little bit saddened that he went to the Live Tour, even though that's, again, that's another rabbit trail we could could (laughs) go down, even though I think it's done some good to the game. But I'm personally not a a big fan of that. But he's playing great. and uh, we have some other guys. Hurley Long's done a lot of good things. Kid from Germany that's that's playing good in, in Europe, and and hopefully is you know scraping and calling his way over to the PGA Tour if he wants to. And and then Sandy Scott is is um, is just done done well in some Latin American stuff. And and I fully expect him once he gets 100 percent healthy to to work his way up to to uh, the PGA Tour as well. Ivan Ramirez has been kind of a grinder that's been on and off the the uh, Latin American tour and some corn fairy stuff as well. So th- those four guys come to mind. I hope I'm not missing anybody. There may be a few guys out there too. Right. Absolutely. Well, coach, after winning the match play in the fall, we go into the spring. We've talked about it. Do you feel like the team has a bullseye on its back going into the spring with this great schedule that you've put together and the experienced team? And then if so, how do you deal with that? Well, I mean, we know there's some great teams. I mean, okay, yeah, I think in certain situations, maybe like the K-State thing where maybe I feel like our guys are underestimating some guys, we may feel like we have a bullseye on our back. But but honestly, I mean, we got our, we've gotten our butts whipped this uh, this this fall from Vanderbilt and some, and, and some other teams. So we know, and, and last year when we made the match play, we had the lead against Vanderbilt through nine holes and, and lost, for, I think all five matches were either – Oh, you know, they were small leads, but we, we had that kind of in control and, and they had won 12 straight events at that point, or, or maybe, maybe it's a little bit less, but they parlayed that into 12 straight. Um, so if anything, I think we, we've got to just get better every day and know that our work is really to try to find where we can get better. And, and, uh, and, and so I think there's a mixture there. I think, yes, when we show up, maybe some teams would like to beat us, but we've got to go find ways to get better. And and we've set the goal. It may be kind of a – this may sound arrogant. It's not arrogant in our locker room at all, but we've set the goal to have the best best team in Texas Tech history, and so we're really pretty locked in on that. I like that. I like that a lot. And, you know, I know the end goal is definitely Greyhawk for the national championship. This year the Big 12 tournament is going to be at – Prairie Dunes, how excited are you there for to head to Hutchinson before yeah. uh, Greyhawk? Yeah, you know, Prairie Dunes is a special place. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a place that I would love to to finally uh, win something. We haven't won there. I've been there a lot. You know, when I first got here in the Big 12, we played there every year. And uh, we've taken some not-so-good teams there. And I feel like I'm still searching for golf balls with those teams. But <laughs> – um, but, but you, you know, the, even, even, even some of the, you know, years that you have great teams, I mean, I've seen Ricky Fowler play that place. I've seen a lot of good players play out there and it'll, it'll, it'll get you in a spot where you've just got to grind it out. And so it's the ultimate test in the spring, I think of, of, uh, probably a combination of everything. Can you, can you just find a way to get, keep the ball in play? Can you find a way to to go find your golf ball and chop it out and, and, and make some bogeys here and there. And, 
And uh, so, you know, maybe to, to win that at that place, I think it's kind of the ultimate feather in your cap that you you survived one of the just greatest tests that you can find out there and really a place that you can get, you know, it, like just like love it. You can find a day. I mean, we've had days that's been 75 and perfect. And you can find some days where you got everything you want, you want on and, and, and you wish you had more, you know? So, um, so it'd mean a lot. I think that's, that's what that place means is a special place. And, and uh, if you've never been there, you, you, you know, I know you guys have, but if, if someone's listening and wants to go play that place, do it. Yeah, absolutely. It is one of the greatest places I've ever been. So uh, coach, uh, great job. Really appreciate it. We, we always end the show with what we call the short par four. It's four questions. Um, it's more about you than the program or anything else like that. Just kind of getting to know you better, uh, and know you more. So we're on the tee box. We teed it up. We're about to hit the drive. Tell us about the last round of golf that you played. Oh, well, um, played at, uh, Play, play, I've got a fun group of, of a mix of donors and friends that we have. We call ourselves the big match group. We actually took a trip to Chicago and, and played uh, four top 100 golf courses, um, played uh, Butler national, which is Ooh. absolutely fantastic. Um, probably my favorite of the trip uh, played rich harvest farms. Mainly that's where we, we were stationed out of played Olympia fields, which is, which is great too. And then um, actually flew back and, on our way back, stopped at uh, a place that probably no one's heard of, Kenyatta in Indiana. It's a top 100 place. Okay. So our last round was out there at Kenyatta, and um, and so that would be my last round played. I think I slapped it around for about 80, 80 shots. And, <laughs> and uh, I was going to ask was how, with, how it went. Yeah, I think I averaged about 78 or 9 through that trip, but – but and, and from the you know we're, we're not talking about from the back either. So. <laughs> That's funny. All right, so you got you hit the you hit the drive of the fairway. The approach shot. Is there a player on the tour that you love to root against? Oh my gosh, I actually tried to look through all y'all's questions, but uh, and I remember this from Grant's, but I didn't prepare for this one. <laughs> it's, that's really difficult. I don't. That's not my nature to maybe necessarily root against a guy. Um, you know. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess everybody doesn't doesn't like to necessarily root for Patrick Reed unless it's a Ryder Cup. So maybe that's a <laughs> that's probably the easiest layup. But yeah, um, yeah, I could probably find some. Uh, all the, all the guys that have made it big from the Longhorn that I'm supposed to hate, I actually really like. You know, Jordan Spieth, <laughs> pretty good friend. He he actually married a Red Raider, and kind of hard to hate that guy. Right. And so, you know. So 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 anyway, I don't have a great answer there. We'll that, just go with that's the a good one. one. We'll we'll go yeah. with it. We'll go with P. Reed. It's understandable. All right, so you're on the green. You got about an 18 foot putt here. One last round of golf in your lifetime. Where are you playing it? But it has to be a course that you've played before. Well, I won't be that obnoxious guy, but I've had the opportunity to play Augusta National. I did it at TCU. Long story there. And then I was able to play it again because of, we have two, actually three, three Red Raider alums that are that are members there, which is kind of unique. Wow! And then we actually had the first um, Latin American amateur champion, uh, Matias Dominguez, made it. Um, so when he made that, we were able to play it again. So I, you know, that place is just it's hyped up all your life. You always want to play it, and then when you get the chance, I think it delivers and more. I mean. I think it's great because you can go find your golf ball. Usually you may, you may be in a bad spot, but you can find a way to get it back and play. And I, I, I 
I just, it's, it's, uh, it's everything that a golfer imagines and it, it, it just over delivers. So I'd probably play there and I know that's an obnoxious answer, but I'm going to go with that. No, I think it's a great answer. And (laughs) I would love to be able to say that you sunk the birdie putt, but it limped out. We got a little tap in here. Movie about the life of Coach Sands. What famous golfer is playing you? Uh, pro- probably, uh, I love the underdog. I love just overachievers in life. I love those stories. So probably got, uh, and in my lifetime when I was growing up, I was always just amazed at Corey Pavin. So wow, give, okay. give me Corey, give me Corey Pavin. He's five foot nothing. Um, I remember when he hit five wood into the green to, to beat Greg Norman and Norman's hitting like eight iron in and just sign me up for his toughness and his will to win. And, you know, nothing looked good. He played the absolute worst Cleveland VAS irons known to man and he just makes it happen. So if I could be known for something like that, that that's who I'd go with. Coach, I'm going to go ahead and say that might be one of the best answers we'll get on that question. Cause we're, we have, those are the same four questions we're going to ask all the big 12 coaches and I'm going to go ahead and say that's probably the one of the, the best answers we'll get on that one. So uh, that is fantastic. Coach, great job. Thank you for the interview. Good luck on the 2023 spring season. We will be following you. We'll see you at Prairie Dunes. For all the listeners out there, take a listen to this one. Listen to the grind, all that it takes. Get out there, get your practice in, and as always, get out there and enjoy the walk. Oh, <laughs>